welcome back to another special episode of the Epic Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce. It's episode 103, and I'm joined, well, uh, well, not by Lux, actually. Um, normally, this is where I, I, I talk Lux up, but Lux, Lux, Lux is not here. Lux is having to man the shop again in, in, in Texas, and so I've gone and found a very suitable, very uh, eloquent replacement. Um, so I'd like to welcome to the show tonight, I'd like to welcome uh, Sebastian, also known as Wowo. Uh, from the Lotus Council. How are you tonight, my friend? I am uh, doing good, doing better than I was anyways. I will warn uh, the listeners just in advance. I apologize if I do get off a cough. I am just finishing up a cold. It was not COVID that we think of anyways, but that's for another story for another time. Well, I mean, if you had COVID, no one would be surprised. I mean, I'm, I, I, I had my bout of COVID two weeks ago, and it's... Uh, not fun, but I'm I'm now through it. I feel much better, and uh, so yes, I I also might cough, and I apologize to the audience in advance as well. So uh, otherwise, though, life is good up in uh, northern Ontario. Yeah, it's nice and warm. We got the same weather as you down south, so it's, uh... yeah, it's it's finally like, but like finally might be spring is on its way here instead. Of <laughs> yeah, don't say that too fast. No, well we had snow last <laughs> we had, we used to snow last week again, so we know. we got five inches of snow a couple days ago. So I, I was know, like, so it hurt. <laughs> yeah, maybe not, maybe not. Yeah. But right now it feels like it's got some rain and the temperatures are like in the mid teens. That's Celsius for our American listeners. Don't worry. You have two yep. Canadians on tonight, so we just we talk <laughs> we talk in Celsius, we talk in kilometers per hour, and we talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yep, great win last night. I know, great I, win I thought, coming tomorrow. I was thinking of you, and I'm like, oh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, because I mean, like, I did, I did, I honestly didn't want to come on here and start talking hockey, because like I could talk for a while, especially just after last night's game. So I'm just yeah. like, didn't want to say anything, but here you are saying it. So, well, you see, I, as an Ottawa fan, we we sit there and watch, and we go curses. <laughs> leaves are winning because nothing brings us more glee than when the maple leaves stink i'm not gonna lie yep. like we like the local sports radio station has what they call the blue team elimination watch every morning <laughs> and they love to see the maple leaves flounder and stink so now i'm also appreciating of the fact that there are many people in canada and elsewhere in this world who are diehard maple leaf fans and so have your team have some success would be uh, would be good. Let's just be honest. The Atlantic Division is murderer's row of teams to work, work your way through. So, holy moly. Like, if they get past Tampa, you, you, you're going to run headlong right into Florida? I'm like, ouch. Yep. That's going to hurt. There's but, eight teams in the East, for those that don't follow hockey, there's eight teams in the East that have 100 points this year. It's the first time it's ever happened in the history of the NHL where – Eight teams in one division have over 100 points. And it's just like insane to think of how powerful the East is compared to the West right now. Even though the two favorite teams to win the Cup, if you go on any sporting bet, uh, bet site right now, are out of the West. Really? What, who, they, who do they think is going to win? Avalanche and, and Calgary are, are the two top teams over really? Florida. Because yeah. I think somebody's totally mis- misread the, the Florida Panthers. Because... Uh... I think the Florida Panthers and the defending Tampa and the defending champions are like would be at the very top of my betting if I were going to go if I had going to put some money down on a team, which I'm not, but that's where I'd be putting my money on Florida and Tampa because the thing, yes, I'll agree, except for the fact that Florida has zero experience, and that's oh. what people are betting on them having problems with. No argument, but 
every team that wins has, has got to get the experience somehow. And yep. I'm going to wager that there's enough there that they're going to be able to get there. That's my wager. And then by the time you're in the finals, you're battle-tested anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's fair. So, anyway. Let's get to magic, shall we? Let's get to magic. So, um, there's a little, little housekeeping stuff before we get going. Um, if you like what you hear here on the show every week, uh, you can be sure to find our podcast each and every week on thelotuscouncil.com. Uh, the podcast is posted there for free for you to listen uh, and enjoy. And it is they are a terrific group of people who are um, have a lively Discord. They have videos and a Twitch stream and lots of cool things going on. So come on in. Go check out the Discord. It is free of charge. It doesn't cost you anything. Um, obviously, if you want to contribute, they have a Patreon and some other ways to contribute back to um, their their cause. But fundamentally, it is uh, it is free of charge and is a great way to get some extra value, um, have a lively community with people who like to talk about magic, and um, just a great place to come and hang out. So come and check out the lotuscouncil.com and come and see for yourself. All right. Also, folks, um, we have a giveaway that's upcoming for how we just haven't gotten past our 100th episode. Uh, now, it's the Killian deck that I've been talking to you about. Now, the Satin box has is on its way, and so I'm going to hold off on the giveaway till I have the Satin uh, Tower to give away. Until, and so when I have it, I will be uh, putting, the, putting the actual winning business uh, to the test and see who's going to win it. But uh, until then, you have a little bit of time to enter. It is on its way courtesy of Canada Post. Hopefully they don't miss it, miss my house and deliver it to yeah. somebody else. <laughs> anyway. Or just lose it. Or just lose it. I never get it anyway. Yeah, that's how that's yeah. going to work out. However, fingers crossed, Satin Tower comes. I think I got a red one, so it looks real pretty too. So anyway, there we go. All right, so we have Garbage or Great tonight there, folks. So for Garbage or Great tonight, oh, I'm sorry, I, uh, I skipped a section. Okay. So our first no, segment, Garbage or Great, segment two, uh, we're going to talk about uh, our first impressions of Capenna now that we've been able to get our hands on the cards after the pre-release and watching people bust some bust some boxes of stuff. And then um, we're going to get into a deck that Lux provided, a lot of Lux's contribution to tonight's show, but uh, so Lux has provided a really neat Rafine deck, and I wanted to go through that with uh, Wo here to... Uh, Get his thoughts on, on Lux's deck. All right, so there we go. That's laying out tonight's plan. So let's start with Spark Harvest, which is our garbage or great. So Spark Harvest says, for a black, you, have, you get a sorcery. And it says also, in a, as an additional cost of the spell, sacrifice a creature or pay three and a black. Destroy target creature or planeswalker. <clears throat> so is this garbage or is this great? What do you think? Absolute garbage. Yeah. Not good enough for... not. If we're taking it from an EDH standpoint, it's not good enough at all. Not only does it only remove one creature, uh, it's either going to cost you five man, uh, four mana, or you're going to lose one of your own creatures, so you're getting two for one. Yeah. And it's at sorcery speed. Yeah. That's, me, probably, that's probably the worst part about this card is sorcery speed. Yeah. If it said instant, I'd absolutely think it was great. Yeah, I agree. I think for, for me, it, this, this doesn't provide you with the flexibility you need to have at an instant speed. So you're now you're now sinking one mana and, and, a, and a sacrifice creature or four mana to destroy whatever. It, it, there are many better options. Um, just there's no doubt. There's a I mean, but it still yet appears in 
over 5,500 decks, which is like almost comical. Um, it gets played in what? It gets played in Jadar. So Jadar will be you sacrificing that zombie with uh, with decayed. Shire, Rayami, like these are not not none of these are good commanders. Uh, Endric Zar is the most interesting one here because you sack one of those thrill tokens to it, so you're always paying a single black mana for it. Um, most of these are not interesting. Yeah. Okay, so this is not a, this is not a thing. So folks, nah, don't is, play this in your decks. This is not a good. This is not a good card. But is, for example, why would you if you're going to cast a sorcery? Why would you cast this for four mana over something like Damnation? Well, okay, like uh, no argument here. Like Damnation is a much preferable card if you're going for sorcery speed. If you want targeted removal, and I don't think there's a there is a case to be made increasingly that targeted removal is is probably um, underplayed and probably ought to be played more frequently because you don't always want to wipe the table bare. Um, So, but you could play Infernal Grasp. Which is one in a black, destroy target creature, instant speed, you lose two life. Yeah. Like yep. much preferable mana cost, much preferable uh, temp, uh, as an instant. Sure you can't kill a planeswalker, but if you remove the blocker, you can probably kill the planeswalker now anyway. Um planeswalkers in commander, I'm not worried like that text doesn't do much for me because you can kill them in so many other ways just by smashing them with stuff. So often removing the blocker is everybody's effective as just killing it outright. So I'm not a big fan of Dark Harvest. I'd play Infernal Grasp. And that's just something that is reasonably recently printed. Um, there's lots of other great cards that are out there, like Power Word Kill, I think, is another word. That is another one that you could play. Power Word Kill, let me see that one. That's another instant one in a black. Destroy target non-angel, non-demon, non-devil, non-dragon card creature. Like... That's going to kill a little bit more niche, but a little bit. But like, there's lots of decks that don't run any of those things. You just so it just reads two mana kill target thing dead. So yeah, like and it's so you know, folks. Like if you're looking for alternatives to the Spark Harvest that came in your precon, like cut the Spark Harvest, find up another two mana removal spell, instant speed, and you're probably going to be just as happy. So just just my two cents. I'll be honest, one of the ones that I like is the um, the one from Khan's Block with Delve. Oh, what's it called? Oh. oh. Uh, where is it? I'll find it here in a second. It is Murderous Cut. I like Murderous Cut. Yeah. So you often pay one you're often paying one mana, exiling four garbage cards from your from your from your graveyard to destroy target creature at instant speed. That's my personal sort of like pet card that I like and cut goes in lots of my decks. So that's my solution to trying to find a cheap piece of interaction to remove problematic creatures. So anyway, Bark Harvest ain't it. So don't do it, folks. Don't do it. (laughs) All right, let's get on to our thoughts about New Capenna. All right, so Lux and I have been Bouncing ideas back and forth as we prepare for the show. And there's no doubt there, whoa, whoa, that Lux is excited for this set. He is. He has told me he has, he feels more excited about this set, or hasn't feel, felt as excited about a set, since we've got had Guilds of Ravnica, which was the last time Lux was like, had a really, was really passionate about a set. And he really fell in love with the, the Demir 
the Mirror um, Guild in Guilds of Ravnica and their surveil mechanic. And <clears throat> he's drawn a lot of comparisons here on air with um, the surveil mechanic and the Obscura's mechanic of uh, the connive. So he's real excited for it. And I, I want to be excited, but I'm not sure I can get as quite as excited as Lux. And in fact, I find myself being less in- incentivized now than I was two weeks ago. What are, what are your first reactions to what you've seen from New Capenna? Um, well, I'm going to compare it to Shards of Alara because oh, wow. Shards of Alara is the last wedge set that we got, right? Oh, yeah. Full on wedge set. Mind you, obviously, Streets of New Capenna is a little bit different where we didn't just get straight up gold cards, nothing but gold cards. We definitely got some monocolored cards. Um, I have to agree with you in the fact that it's not all that exciting to me. Do I think there's some interesting mechanics? Yes. Do I think there's some interesting cards? Yes. Um, But there's, in my opinion, not much going for it. Uh, From what I've, I've watched a lot of uh, people drafting the set. And so far, people from, from what I've gathered as a consensus is people seem to be very confused about what's going on, what they're trying to do. There's obviously, obviously in limited, uh, there's a little bit different card powers compared to EDH. Like, uh, the, there's a black card, the seven drop common. I can't remember quite the name of it off the top of my head, but it's really, really good, uh, at, in limited, but in commander, just like a card that you'll never see played. Um, so I, I, we're going to talk a little about it a little bit more here in a bit, but there's definitely some goods and some bads with the set. Yeah. So my comparison was the last time I was this, I felt this way about a set was Strixhaven. And with Strixhaven, most of the cards in the actual set itself were not that compelling to me. What made Strixhaven compelling was the Mystical Archive cards, which were cool and exciting and were really quite innovative. Uh, yep. I'm not sure I, that Capenna has even incl- given us anything as exciting as the Mystical Archives. So um, I, you know, I feel like this is probably even a notch below that. Like in terms of like the actual set, it's fine. Like it really is. And like you said, there's a few hits. We'll talk about maybe we'll start start with the hits. What we see is being we can, yeah yeah start as being the things that we find that are po- are positive in the set um, and things that we're excited for. But there's a number of things that I the more I look at it and critique the set, the more I'm like I'm not sure I, I'm interested in many of these cards. So um, let's start with what's what's exciting. What do you find is uh, something exciting that if you were to open up um, a box of Ukapana? that you'd be excited to, to open up and put in a deck somewhere? Well, let's start with the obvious ones. Yes. They they, they finished the, the cycle of five-color triumphs, or three-color triumphs, sorry. Yes. Which I think if you're an EDH player, you're incredibly excited for, because they're fetchable lands, guys. Yep. If, you, if you're not playing the triumphs, and they're incredibly cheap, if you're playing a three-color deck, put them, three, four, five-color deck, put them in your deck. Like, uh, for example, I have Jetmere's Garden here. Right now, it's sitting at eight dollars, probably because it literally just dropped last Friday. But you're gonna see, but it within like probably, I don't know, three four months, this is gonna drop in price. 
I expect anyways, because if we look at, uh, if I just look up a triome, for example, like, uh, let's look at, uh, go uh, ahead. Oh, I'm looking at the like, Jetmere's, Jetmere's Garden, the dirtiest un, like, non-foil pack version right now. If you want to buy it on face-to-face games, it's $15 Canadian. Actually, I lied. The The triomes aren't actually that cheap. Holy world. No, they're not. None of them are. And these triomes aren't either. So um, they're going to they're gonna swallow up a lot of uh, EV from the set because these are highly sought after. Like, this is this is going to move this set. People are going to want their play yeah. sets and they're going to want their, like, uh, the, uh, the, the alt art version. Not the showcase version, yeah. but, like, the which version is this? This is the... The extended art? Uh, like, the, yeah, the real pretty one. That's like, what? You can't say that. Do you want? Are you talking like well, the, show, the one with the circle? Yeah, the circle design. Yeah, the circle design with the face. Like, looks like a face in the middle. With their, yeah, that's that's the extended art version. Yeah, so the extended art version is beautiful. Um, the showcase version is acceptable, and the other one is just the regular foil or regular non-foil, and that's fine. But like, none of them are cheap. Uh, if you want to go foil extended art, you're talking fifty bucks. And is out of stock and face to face already, like <laughs> like that's just dropped. So um, very clearly, these are going to be sought after, and you're absolutely right; they are a hit. Because if you're playing a three color or more deck, you're going to want a whole pile of these. So yep. So yeah, no, very clearly these are these are a thing. What else got has got you got you excited? Um. Well, there's. Do I talk about a specific card, or what do you want? Oh, so yeah. Is there a card that gets you excited, or a cycle, or... So, no, yeah. I have, like, other than Planeswalkers, because everybody knows, if you know me, you know that I'm a massive Planeswalker fan, and we'll talk about the Planeswalkers a little bit later when we talk about mistakes in the set. Mm. But, like, my my favorite card that's been printed for a really, really long time is uh, Luxier's Gladys Gift. Yeah. Because it essentially allows me... And uh, I guess I should read the card first for all the listeners. So it's a uh, one-man artifact. Equipment. Uh, equip creatures get plus one, plus one for each counter on them. Uh, equip permanent isn't a planeswalker and is a creature in addition to its other types. Loyalty abilities can still be activated. Mm-hmm. Equip planeswalker uh, for one mana and equip normally for three mana. So, as I just said, I'm a big planeswalker fan. My one big big favorite deck that I have is my Super Friends deck. It's my baby. And this just allows me to put a sword on the walkers. Right? It allows me to uh, make, the, make the walkers protect themselves. You know? You get, uh, I don't know, you get a, a Vivian Reed out there. She got four, four loyalty on her. You put the sword on her. She becomes a 4-4. Four, four, right? Mm-hmm. And now she can protect herself instead of just sitting there with no defense. Yep. Uh, I think it's a very unique card something that i'd never expected to be seen printed it's like whoever thought you could equip like obviously we've seen planeswalkers that could become creatures like gideon but i didn't expect you to be able to equip a sword and transform your planeswalker into a creature yeah no i I, that's that's super unique design space and i really i really like the card um yeah and i think you're right i think there's gonna be lots of planeswalker decks like whether it's the attracts of super friends or you know any super friends deck really I was going to be really excited for Luxier's Jada's Gift. Um, so that's going to be a super cool card. And I think people are going to, like, give it three years, it's going to be a $20 card easily. Easily. If not... Another another deck that, that people are, are probably sleeping on for that card is any kind of Hydra deck. 
Oh. Right? Because most of the Hydras in Magic are X spells. Yes. And they come into the come in with X counters, right? Mm -hmm. No, not wrong. Like think of think of something like Mana Gorge or Hydra. Yeah, no, for sure. Like uh, yeah, no, for sure. Like like whenever somebody casts a spell, you put a plus one, plus one. So cast Mana Gorger on three, play your sword on, on four. Oh, Mana Gorger gets a plus one plus one counter. Put equip the sword to him. Sure, it costs you three mana. But now all of a sudden Mana Gorger gets an extra like you just double your counters. Oh, for sure. Like the card is like with all those Hydra cards, like you put it on your Hydroid Crisis or anything. Like Hydroid Crisis is yep. my personal choice because it flies and it's trample. Yep, and that's so fair. It's like here, eat this and die. Um, it's got Flample. Yeah, fl Flample and now Flample's really big. Yep. So I like that. That's that's uh, interesting. I had forgotten about everyone gets so tied up in the Planeswalker piece that just generally things with counters on them could wear this and do damage, including. And in particular, our hydras. So yes. Um, after uh, after the the what was it? Uh, Neon Dynasty and uh, Kaldheim was it? The there's a simic uh, a lot of simic deck count, uh, counter decks running around, right? Yep. Like because we got what was it? Sloger that has that's uh, uh, yes. counter. Sloger can be count can be a counter based deck because it yeah. counts lands in in graveyards. Yeah, so like we ended up with a whole bunch of counters decks in Simic, and it's just like you slot this in. It's not going to be that big of a deal. Yeah, no, for sure. It's easy, easy as pie, and you're gonna like gonna turn something derpy into a menace and smash face. Yep. So yeah, no, I love that card actually, and using it in that way is something I had uh, I had not appreciated. Anything else that gets, that gets you excited? I've got a couple on my own, but uh, let's give you. You can go ahead. Well, I, so I have been really excited here on the show for Halo Fountain because I think Halo Fountain is oh, has yeah. such an open-ended synergy package that is going to be absolutely absurd in like if it's not already. So, and I don't even care, folks, about the win the game feature, although that is also surprisingly easy to do because all you really need to have is if you have a Crypt of Rights in play, which let's be honest, if you're green tokens deck. You, green white like you've got a cryptolith rights in your in your deck because you're if you don't you're yep. stupid so you're playing cryptolith you're playing <laughs> cryptolith right and then you go end of like just before your opponent's turn you secure the wastes for a bajillion land for a bajillion things and then you you activate like the all those tokens that come into play can be used with cryptolith rights right away you tap them for a bajillion mana and then Make all the white you need, untap it, Halo Fountain wins the game. And I don't think that's like a stretch. Like, sure, it's three cards. You need Halo Fountain, you need Crypto Right, and you need to secure the ways that you can cast for enough tokens. But I don't think that's too much to ask in a tokens deck. Like, really, I don't think it is. Um, but beyond that sort of win con, just um, the ability to tap and untap creatures, I have learned over time, is super, super powerful. And you're going to do a lot of really broken things by those first two abilities to tap and untap stuff. Um, particularly with all the treasures floating around in this set. Um, so I can imagine lots of treasures being made with your Smothering Tithe or your like monolo Monologue Tax or whatever else you have in your deck that makes you treasure. And I'm only keeping the Mono White there, folks. But lots of ways. Clock of Omens in play, so you can use those tokens 
to tap and untap other artifacts. And you can tap and untap creatures now, sort of at will and doing broken things. Um, so maybe you want to tap and untap um, the the Gaia's Cradle analog that is a creature um, to make a giant pile of mana. Maybe you want to tap and untap creatures that have populate mechanics on them. Maybe you want to tap and untap, I don't know, like just name the thing that with, a, with a tap activation. I think Halo Fountain is going to go nutsoid. And so, like, I'm excited for that. Um, the other one is Falco Spara, uh, Pact Weaver. I think Falco is really interesting because you end up with cards that have bad tokens on them that you're going to be able to use and leverage to draw a like, to cast giant piles of cards at the top of your deck. Um, I was talking about Acacian Money Changer, which is a bad one mana uncommon or like from Fallen Empires. And it comes in with three credit counters on it, uh, which costs you three life, which whatever, you trade three life. But every upkeep, you put another credit counter on it. So every upkeep, you now have this random stupid token or counter that goes on the card that Falco is going to just like, gonna, is going to turn into whatever's on the top of your deck and make it into something cool. Um, there's another one, like it's called Aberroth, which has got a cumulative upkeep of minus one, minus one counters on it. Well, now you're gonna now you have a six a six man and nine nine with with a with a with no drawback because Falco is gonna allow you to turn those minus one minus one counters into cards and do some gross shenanigans. So I'm being I'm very excited for those two cards in particular. I think they're both really quite interesting um, and things that I would be down to to jam in decks uh, as we go forward. Anything else that got your attention there? Uh, whoa, whoa. Not that I could think of off the top of my head. To be honest, I didn't really pay much attention to this deck. I've been very uh, to the to this uh, set. Sorry, I've been very. Not gonna lie, I've been very burnt out on Magic lately. That's fair. Um, and I'm just like, eh, okay. I'll look at the cards when I open a box. Not the end of the world. Other than that, I'll like I'll watch my drafts on Twitch and I'll watch my people play, and it's like, eh. Other than that, I'm not really overly that into it. No, I mean, there's a few cards, like, I mean, I think, obviously, the more I think about it, the more I think Jetmir is very powerful. Uh, Jenny Faye is pretty good. Uh, Jen, Jen, I, I agree, Jenny Faye is pretty Jenny good. Jenny Faye is pretty cool. Um, Bootlegger Stash, I think, um, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, well, well, how good is the card? I think it's very good, and I think gonna be, the treasure decks are going to be pretty hot and bothered for it, but I'm not sure it's, like, as ubiquitous as I thought it might be once upon a time, um, yeah. But I, there's like there's lots of nice, there's lots of interesting cards. But notice the one thing, folks, we've commented on is they're almost all mythics, or yep. maybe maybe a rare. But like most of the rares aren't. Well, the triomes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, triomes. And like there's the odd ones, like the hideaway cycle is interesting. But like there's a lot of these cards that do not interest me even slightly. Like, not even a little bit, so... And let's talk about why now. Well, okay. So, <laughs> what, okay. Perfect segue! Yeah, so I think that some of these cards are not particularly appealing because I find that they're going to be too slow to be good in Commander. Um, so I find the example of Arcane Bombardment, which, okay, Arcane Bombardment is a six-man enchantment that, um, I'm not, this is whenever...
Whenever you cast, activated it yet because you just sunk all your mana to cast this do nothing enchantment. And now you've got to start putting things in your graveyard that it can exile and cast every turn for value. So how many more turn cycles of the table are you going to get to this thing to, for this thing to go off and accrue you value? And I would so like go ahead, sorry. Well, I don't think like most games end by turn nine, eight or nine. Yeah, like yeah. nine, nine, ten. Like ten, sort of at the upper end. Sometimes you get the odd one where this is going like you get a real grindy game where this is going to go wild. But like you're, this is going to be a sort of card where you're not going to get that much activation out of it, and that's the best case scenario. So so. Speaking of our like, while we're on arcade bombardment, I'm going to compare this to another do nothing enchantment that I actually thought I was I was I was pretty high on, and I still run in, in quite a few of my decks. Uh, Sunbird's Invocation yep. from uh, Ixalan. So like, it's another six mana essentially do nothing card that lets you play a permanent off the top. Like whenever you cast a spell, you get to, to essentially cascade and do another permanent. Yes. Um. It's it's like it, it's the same idea here, right? You, you're going to try to get it out early, but then you play this big enchantment, you still need to get other stuff out. The only thing I like better about uh, Arcade Bombardment than something like Sunbird's Invocation, Arcade Bombardment, you could loop a lot, of, a lot of spells together, right? Yes. So if you do get it out turn five, turn six, you're playing, I don't know, an Opt. You play uh, a Lightning Bolt, then you play, I don't know, a Brainstorm, Ancestral Recall if you decide to play without the rules, you know? Uh... <laughs> A whole bunch of cheap spells. Well, then you could really loop them fast. The only other way that I like playing on Arcane Bombardment, if you're if you're running a, a wheel stack, yeah, you know, yeah, Wheel of Fortune, Windfall, uh, the the other wheel from uh, what is it? Reward uh, the Soul. Uh, re, yeah, yeah, yeah Tolarian Winds. All these. It, it, anyways, yeah, that's that's the only way that I would see it being good. Yeah. So I mean, but then again, it, you're still got to put a whole bunch of mana in for it to do anything. Yeah, and I, you know, I would argue that if you're doing that, your opponents are doing something else and are probably beating you down while you do it. So, fingers crossed, yep. you've got some big things to block with. So I find that slow. Next one, we have even the score, which I think is like so. It's X blue 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 for an instant. This spell costs blue 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 less to cast if an opponent has drawn four or more cards this turn. And it just says draw X cards. Well, okay. There's definitely going to be times when, yeah, the guy with heuristic study is going to go wild and you're going to get to pop off and do this for draw a, a mitt full of cards. But I think you're going to be spending very frequently. You're going to get caught and you're going to have to, you're going to be low on resources. You're going to go blue, blue, blue X because you're just going to need to do it to refill your grip. So you have some sort of action to draw and so you're spending overspending on the card when there's lots of cards to do this like pull from tomorrow sphinx's rev blue sun zenith they all do this and they do well, it better than this not necessarily blue sun zenith is literally the same thing yes it's x blue 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 um except blue sun zenith you can use on your opponent where this one just you cannot that's fair so you can like, and I often reason you play Blue Sun Zenith because you're going to like remove, like just X your opponent's deck right out with like how many cards do you have? X equals 60. Great. I made infinite mana, so you're out of cards. Um, and That's it true. shuffles back in my deck. 
or even the score won't let you do that. So yep. I, I'm not a big fan of this card, and this is a mythic, right? This is like one of the headlining cards on the set. Obviously, it's powerful. Like, anytime you draw a mitt full of cards, it's very powerful, but I'm, like, I'm not excited for this. I have Blue Sun Zenith in decks. I'm not subbing them out for this. Um, I'm, my pull from Tomorrow's aren't getting pulled out for this. So, like, what, what, like, would I even replace my Factor Fictions with this? And I don't think I am. No, so, no not a chance. So, um, even the score, I'm going to say, is just takes too long for it to be good, is not impactful enough when you do finally fire it off, and is mostly disappointing. Um, now, that said, you know, give it two years when it's pretty much tanked and is at 25 cents a copy, sure, Budget deck brewer Bruce Gray. Play it, yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. Play in those budget. Yeah, decks. like we'll go and find some copies, but until then, like I mean, it's only a dollar, a dollar seventy-five now. But like, not, I'm not in any rush to go and get these. These can, can sit and rot for a while, as far as I'm concerned. So, anything else? Anything? Like, what else have you spot? Like, is you're not like is a bit of an issue for you in terms of like speed of play? Like, is there, is there other stuff that you've picked up on nope oh well like i was saying earlier about like just how people were confused about the entire set and what's what's happening in limited formats big big mythics like this sure they're bombs even in a mythic format in in a limited format but like why wait how often are you gonna are you gonna hold on to even the score in your hand and be like waiting for my opponent to draw those four cards so i could save that three mana no, you're not gonna no, do that not. it's you don't want no. to do that. Just just move on. Just move on with the card and and you know draw your two cards for five mana and be done. With yeah, it. which is a very miserable rate. Like that's worse than like you, I, this isn't even opportunity level of good. The opportunity is divination. Yeah, it's divination level, and you're like this is L yeah. For, it's worse than yeah. divination. Divination is four mana for three cards. So this is just so this is a trap. We're not gonna play it, and no, so we're not doing it. So. Anyway. Well, we will in budget decks yeah. in a couple years. In budget decks a couple years from now, when this gets reprinted in a precon. Unlike the next card, where we could cast for in a budget deck right now. Um. Well, I, this <laughs> next card I'm not going to cast. This is, this is hot garbage. So this is so. There's a bunch of uncastable garbage okay. in this set. Like, there's just no other way to put it. I don't know how to like, yeah. like say this. It's yeah. Can I read this oh, card please. because it took me. So I pull. I open this card. I uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm part of the Lotus Council, obviously, and I did uh, my my said booster box opening just before we were recording this right now, and uh, I pulled this card, which is Meaning of the Five, in my set booster, and you could see me like in in the thing. I just like open it up. I'm like, huh, three and Wooberg. I'm like, okay, that's a start. I'm I'm a big fan of Wooberg cards. I really like Wooberg cards. And then it took me like four turns, four times to read it to figure out what in the world is going on with this card. <laughs> so it's three in Wooberg for a sorcery. Exile the top 10 cards of your library. Okay, fair enough. That's easy. You may cast spells with exactly three colors from among them. This is the part that took me like two or three times to understand properly. But then I was like, okay. Three, three colors, that's fine. Makes sense in, in a set that, that's all mm -hmm. three colors. Then you add double Wooberg. Okay, so you get an extra 10 mana. 
And then you could spend this mana only to cast spells with exactly three colors. This is... Why? Why in the world is that last line there? Why did you limit us to spells that only, like, three colors? I, well, I bet in playtesting they didn't have that line, and then making ten mana is was, was probably, like, pushed this to a point where it was too much. However... But you're only gaining oh. ten mana on an eight mana uh, card. Agreed. I Well, I bet in playtesting this was also probably six. I bet this they, they added they added extra extra like mana value to it, and they and they and they created more stringent stipulations because I bet in the future future league this went and did something broken, so they're like, well, that's a mistake. Um, I don't know what the, I don't know what you're casting with it, but something. But like, let's be real. Like, okay. I, I can't even tell you what the best three color thing you're gonna go find with this particular card is. Like, well, let let's look at it this way. Let's say you do flip ten cards, and you get three cards that are three colors, right? Yeah. You can only cast two of them because then you only you're one mana short. Yeah. And that's hoping that you have like no triple pips or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Like, so for instance, like. Well, not that you could even cast it, but you couldn't cast Niv Mizaparin. It's triple blue, triple red. Like, you couldn't do that. Yeah. And you can't. And it's only, it's only two, two colors. colors. So, I'm looking right now through EDH Rec for the first three-color card that you could cast. So, you can cast Zakama. That is literally the first three-color creature that appears. Like, if I was to run this in a deck, I think it would be run... In a deck that only had three color cards. Yes. Yeah. Like you're like you're like if if I wanted to be like if I wanted to be super niche and make a deck that had literally only three color cards, that's all I would play. And they would have to be like decent. Like and and we're talking here. There's not many three color cards printed in Magic. Yeah. Capenna and and Char and Alara are are two primary sets. Other than that, you're getting cards. Like, well, like Zakama that are that are one one offs and sets, yeah, right? Yeah, like because you're you're really looking at shards of Alara, cons, the cons block, um, which are not I know are not like, they're not shards, they're wedges, but they're still three colors. Um, and you're getting and now this real and some like some of that Ikoria stuff because Ikoria had some too. Yeah, that's fair. But like you're really like really your big your big sources of, of cards are shards block, uh, like Alara block. You're getting cons block and now this. Like you're really strapped for cards. There's not a lot of good options. You're playing your com your commander's probably something like Kenrith or something like some five color soup deck. Like ah, this is garbage. I'm sorry. Like it's unplayable. Hopefully, at some point, somebody can break this in half because it's, it's the same sort of level of like thinking that went into Niv Mizzet Reborn, but Niv Mizzet Reborn drew the yep. cards and was infinitely better than this. So yep, I'm. This is like. This is uncastable garbage as far as I'm concerned. I don't know who's jumping through the hoops to cast this and then saying, well, I'm, I'm glad I made these li this life choice. Um, <laughs> honest to God. So, um, but then we also get things like Cut of the Prophets. All right, so Black XX Sorcery, Casualty 3. You draw X cards and you lose X life. So we've got Damnable Pact, which is a, which is a, a very similar card. And it doesn't see play even. Like it's a, it's now pre-con level of like ridic of like just not good enough to do anything. 
Yeah, and it's, no. And like this is the same. This is the same text, but now you get two copies of it. I'm like, I. And, but you got to sack a creature. Yeah, right? you got to sack a creature, and on top of that, then will pass that argue is better because once again you can target an opponent. So if you make infinite mana with Danville Pact, you can go how many cards in your deck? Oh, boom, take 60, you're dead. So, like, Cut for the Profits can't be used that way. So, are you casting it? No, you're just not. This is not a thing. Uh, you're, like, if you cast this for X equals 5, now you're taking 10 damage, drawing 10 cards for, like, sure, 7 mana, so you made a savings on mana, but... Like you just ate ten points of life, and now your opponents are going to look at you and they go, "Well, let's pressure his life totals." So I don't love it. The the thing with damnable pack that makes it better though is you could target oh, absolutely. Like you, you totally like you could just make them lose X life. You don't care about them from drawing cards. Usually, you're casting it to kill exactly. them off, right? Well, like, it's it's here like fireball you for sixty. Like that's what that is. So yeah. like this is. Well, that's a little bit of fantasy land, no, but sure. Mean, well, if you get your Cabal Coffers going, and there's like, I don't know, whatever. Like your, uh, whatever, your Black Market, and your Crypto, and your Crypt, uh, Cryptgast, and so on and so forth. Like, I could, I could imagine it. It's Christmas land. I appreciate it. I love, but I, I live in Christmas land. All right. And then, like, this card here Park Heights Pegasus. All right. One in a green for a for a creature Pegasus is flying and trample. It's a two one. When Park Heights Pegasus deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. If it stopped there, I'd be okay with it. But it didn't stop there. If you had two or more creatures enter the battlefield under your turn under your control this turn, come on, don't give me a. I'm still playing I'm this. Not. This is garbage. I'm absolutely in playing what? this in Bur- in. In a, a green white bird set. Oh god! It's a two one flamper. Two one flamper that dies. That dies when wealth can turn blocks it. Doesn't matter. I'm still playing this in a green white in a green white flyers okay. deck. I mean, that has uh, a lot of uh, plus one plus one counter synergy. Oh. I'm absolutely playing this. Overrun abilities. But you don't even uh, draw the card. I, it's irrelevant okay, to me. So, the the two the 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 flying trample part is what's so important because to me. This is, I, I care less okay, about so this. You, you, you want this because this is a break for the color pie in green-white. So yep. you, want, you want the yep. flampler instead of the rest of the text. Where I want the, I want yep. the card, and the fact that I'm not going to get the card pisses me off. So I think this is unca- <laughs> uncastable garbage. I'm not going to put it in my deck. Like, I'm just not. It's like, and this, is the, this deck is, this, this set is rife with this. Like, that's the thing. Like... This whole set is full of these sorts of cards that you go, well, maybe, no. Like, you're just not doing it. Like, let's go through. Like, Lord Xander, you're not, you're not doing it. You're like, nope, this is not a thing. I've gone through it in length. I wrote an article for it for a website. If you want to read it, I can direct you there. Contact me. Like, you're just, just not doing stuff. Urabrask is super meh. Evolving Door is super meh. Black Market Tycoon, like, when my treasure tokens kill me, I'm not sure I'm down. Like, <laughs> this is the... Corpse Explosions, like, a hard no. Like, I'm like, uh, There's so many of these cards where I'm like, I'm not down with this stuff. And this is, like, the... And, like, so, I watched... I, I, I got my pre-release kit. 
And I was like all excited, opened yep. my stuff up. I tried to build my deck, and I'm like, this is hot garbage. I don't want to do this. This is not good. This deck is like a, if I'm playing a four-round a four round tournament, I'm in danger going 0-4. I really am. Like, I'm not going anywhere with this. This is like, I am losing. Now, maybe the other decks are just as bad. That doesn't make me doesn't make me want to play this this steaming pile of turd. So, and then I watched. We had we had a box opening over a box break on the Lotus Council last night. That Liam, who was on two weeks yep. ago, talking about rules with us, hosted. And I I opened. I saw my box break. Like what what the five packs that I I purchased open. And I'm like, these are. Not, I'm going to be very honest. I was very excited for about like one of the cards. And the rest of them, I'm... This, yeah, I, I mentioned this today in my opening, too. I'm like, this pa- this set is definitely not a, let's crack boosters oh, for God, the no. set. If you want, if you want any of the cards... Go buy this. Go buy yeah, them as so, singles. So, so the, the prof over at Tolerian Community College, uh, College is like, like right there saying the same thing. And we're going to echo him. Just go buy the bloody singles. Then, then my next piece, my next beef with this set... Is some of these naming conventions are awful. Like, I do not care for the names in this set. Um, I think they're, like, truly, truly ridiculous. So, we have exotic pets. Okay, like... like what am I supposed to do with that? Like, when you have... Uh, we've had other sets where, like, the names sort of, like, elicit something that is interesting. And this is just... <laughs> A wet fart in the in the in the bathtub, like it's no good. Um, and like scheming fence, like I I like the abilities on the card, but I don't like the name. I'm like this is just not a not a thing. So anyway, like I don't like some of these naming conventions, and they get into things like like the only one I like is professional facebreaker. That cool that card is cool and well named, but like agree some of these other cards like a rat errant street artist. I'm like. That's that's supposed to be a legendary creature too, errant street artist. Yeah, I come on. I'm curious. Like, I didn't read much of the lore of the set. All I know is that it's a new plane that we've never been to, and Capena is obviously the the plane, and we're in a newer part of the the the, the place. Um, I do know that. I can't remember which part. I think it's the brokers now, or is it maestros? Anyways, one of them was like supposed to be like the 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 policeman on this on the uh, on the on the plane, and then the, at the beginning they were like, "Nah, we probably shouldn't do that." <laughs> I I don't know, man. Like, I I don't know. I just think I think the set is a push. Yeah, Because yeah. he wanted to do something new. Yeah, and, and I, I I don't I don't I don't dig it. Like, there's some neat cards, but I'm like, meh. A lot of this is very. I honestly, I'm not sure we'll be back to this set for a while. If so, if, if to this ever. plane, so I don't know. Like, it's not one of those things. I don't think people are going to be attached to this. Like, because comparatively, we just came yeah. off Kamigawa, and Kamigawa was cool. Like, one of the top five grossing sets yes, ever printed. And it was cool. And every time I opened a pack, there was something else that was neat and funky in it. Um, like I had a box break a week ago, like and like I watched as the guy opened up a Phyrexian Ginger Taxius, which is I'm like, sweet Jesus, that's cool. Yep. But like, 
I'm like, open up, like, I watched the packs last night, and I'm like, this is ad sack stuff. I'm not in. So, now, I think they did pretty well on the mechanical aspect of the of the set. Like, so, like, I, th- I, like, I really like Knive. I think Knive is really interesting. Um, I, I agree. Well, so isn't Knive literally just them putting yes. looting looting in a given um, keyword? And then a little bit more of an upside where you can get a counter. If you, if you, if you That's fair, yeah. Um, That's true, yeah. I mean, Alliance, Alliance is cool. It's just landfall, but instead of land, it's for creature fall. So they gave it creature fall. Sure, whatever. Um, but, okay, I guess. Riveteer's got Blitz, which is like an updated version on Dash, which is fine, I guess. You Is it? Yeah, I guess it is Dash. So I was thinking of the other one, the Unleashed mechanic, but it's not no, Unleashed. No, it's though. not Unleashed, because you, you have to, like, like, Dash means you return it to your hands. This, like, sacks it. So... That's, I don't understand that part. It's like, it's more of a, what's Muldrifter's? Evoke. Uh, evoke, that's the one. It's more of an evoke cost but than you, it is but a, you, but you can't a dash, in my opinion. Creature, usually. Yeah, yeah, it just comes in attacks. You're just playing yeah. it as like so a sorcerer. Whereas with, with the Blitz, you can actually get it in there. So if they keep their, if they get their shields down, you can, like, you could Blitz something out, like smash their Planeswalker or... Like deal them some damage, stack it, draw a card. Like that's. I mean, there's there's something interesting there, um, but I mean, uh, it's it is just revisiting dash. And then the the Grixis got the um, the casualty mechanic, which I think is cool. Pardon me, it's copying spells, which is always fun. People love to do that. It's fine. It's fine. Um, it's nothing, nothing I think special. Shield counters, I think, are, are going to be something that, in the long run, is going to be a real problem for us. I don't, I don't think you're going to see those outside. I of the hope set. not. But that one mana white instant that, like, is like God's willing, puts a shield counter on it. I'm going to wager because yep. what that does is protects you for board wipes. So if they go and try yeah. and like Wrath of God, you can save your best thing commander whatever and now they're like oh i just i just I, I just cast my removal spell and that really important thing on your board that i hope to be dead yeah it's still there so i think shield the shield mechanic is going to be something that is uh interesting and is going to linger probably more than some um but it is just protection like a form of protection like that is it's it's essentially regen yeah, as a count. Yeah, something to that effect. Right. So, like the mechanics, mechanically, I think the, the set is fine. Like it's a, I mean, a, like Kanai's the real hot one. I think the other four are are serviceable yeah. and are decent, um, but are you know more or less medium to medium decent, I guess. And then I think they also went and printed a couple of mistakes in this set. Like there's you know not much, not much other way to put it. I think I think there's some like pretty serious mistakes where they're like we're going to be like contending with this for a while yep so i don't know what did you spot what did you jumped off the page for you as a mistake uh well the biggest one for me obviously is vivian uh i think vivian uh let me just read her off we'll just read her off real quick so she's a 
Four and two green comes in with four loyalty abilities off the start. Uh, I'm going to work my way from sure. the bottom up because that's how I think that the loyalty abilities are bad to good. So her minus one ability, create a four for Rhino. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, that's fine. For one for one loyalty is fine. Uh, there's a lot worse planeswalkers that, do, that make you a token. Plus one, mill five cards, then put any number of creatures milled this way into your hand. That seems pretty yeah, powerful be, and green. Be really good. You go you hit, go five for five, put five new cards in your hand. Yeah, but now the big problem: her plus so, two plus ability. Two. Plus two, you may sacrifice a creature. If you do, search your library for a creature card with mana value equal to one plus the sacrifice creature's mana value. Put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle. Essentially, for all you viewers, it's pod. It is breeding pod on a planeswalker. Yeah. Now you may be thinking, oh, well, pod's not that broken, is it? Pod's pretty broken. Pod plus a three mana creature plus Karma Guide and uh, Felidar Guardian into Kiki Jiki, then you win the game. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Vivian here. Mm -hmm. Like any three mana creature. Plus Vivian, you win the game. Unless, you're, unless your opponent has some form of interaction. But even then, once the ability's on the stack, like, they need to kill Vivian once the first ability's on the stack or, like, at some other form of instant effect because you're just going off. And for those who don't know what the pot effect is, so essentially what you do is you have a three-mana creature, it doesn't matter what it is. Take Kitchen Finks, for example. You sack Kitchen Finks to Vivian or Pod, you go get Felidar Guardian, which is 4 mana. Once Felidar Guardian comes in, you bounce Vivian, bringing it back. It's a new thing, so you get to activate its ability again. Or Pod, in this matter, you get to tap it and do its ability again. You then sacrifice the Felidar Guardian to the Pod. You go get Karmic Guide, which is 5 mana. You then bring... Uh, Take your Karmic Guide, target Felidar Guardian that's in your, uh, okay. in your, um, in your graveyard. Thank you. And you bring back Felidar Guardian. You then rebounce your pod or your uh, Vivian. And then you go get uh, Kiki Jiki by sacrificing uh -huh. the Karmic Guide. You then make a copy of Felidar Guardian, bouncing uh, itself. Then, like, it's just a giant loop. And you end up with a whole bunch of tokens of either uh, Karmic Guides or Felidar Guardians. And, uh, like, it's it's dumb. It's dumb. They should not have put this on yeah, a plane. Yeah, it's a cost of mana, and it's too easy to... Like, these are not cards that are hard to find, folks. Like, so, Planebound Accomplice is out of Modern Horizons 1, and was, like, a bulk rare, and now it's going to get dumb. Um, Felidar Guardian is an uncommon from Aether Revolt. Karmic Guide is in a, has been reprinted uh, a bunch of times, and Kiki Jiki showed up most recently in Time Spiral but is also pretty commonly played in the format. So these are all cards we will see. These are all cards that are just going to, like, sure, it's interactable. You can kill it. But if you're playing this combo, you've got ways to protect it, and you're going to get the, and you're going to win. So not only that, but it's incredibly hard. Like, killing an artifact is fine. Doing it at instant speed? A little bit harder. Killing a planeswalker 
is fine. It's doable if you have creatures. But try doing it at instant speed. If you're not running red and, and like targeted burn or black for targeted removal, there's very few ways of getting planeswalkers yeah. at instant speed. No, no, you're not wrong. Not wrong. And so we have a problem here, folks. Like this is going to be like sure people are gonna say, "Well, Vivian's six mana." I'm like, "Yeah, she is." In green. Yeah. You can get her out yeah, turn no, three, no, no question. Like, green's going to power this thing out easy as pie. So. Turn one, like, turn one soul ring. Turn two, you play uh, Lanwar Elves and a Mana Rock and there. I don't know what else, whatever else you want. Like, Or you can play in the Planebound Accomplice and cheat it into play. So, yep. that seems like a thing. Just, just saying. So, yeah. Um... It's a mistake, almost uh, almost for sure, for sure. Um, I would argue, personally, for me, uh, Omnixilus is a mistake. Um, because here's my problem, and we know that Planeswalkers are powerful creatures, or powerful cards to be played, right? We all, we all agree Planeswalkers are often very powerful. Hello, my name is Oko. Yep. Um... But now, because of Omnixilus having the casualty ability, Omnixilus, not only do you get one Planeswalker, which is challenging to cope with at times, but now you're getting two. And you could have it come in, one come into play and essentially be uh, ready to pop at the, the ultimate. And that's, which is like, it doesn't feel like it should be that bad in Commander, but because every card in a Commander deck is probably at such a high power level in most cases. Like you're not getting seven cards. You're getting oh. like car seven of the like potentially best cards in your deck. And like this is So oh, let yeah. me read Obnixilis for everybody. So it's one black red comes in with three loyalty abilities. It has casualty X. The copy is not legendary and has starting loyalty of X. Plus one each opponent loses two life uh, unless they discard a card. If you control a demon or devil, you gain two life. Minus two, you get a one-one devil with when this creature deals dies, it deals one damage to any target. Minus seven, and this is where a lot of people are having the biggest problems, is target player draws seven cards and loses seven life. This is the same ability on a card that's currently yep, this banned. Is, this, this is on Grizzlebrand. <laughs> yep, this is Grizzlebrand's and ability. And you can do it for three mana. Yes. And, and, and. Because you get it, I don't know, let's, uh, in Rakdos, it's probably easy to, uh, to get a bunch of creatures out. There's probably some big creatures some that you can get out. Some nasty out. demon, right? Say you, you put some nasty demon with the aim of yeah. sacrificing it to, and you're going to recur it later. Yep. You're playing a reanimation deck, for example. Play your big nasty demon out. Then you play a, a three mana Obnixilis. You sacrifice your big nasty demon. As long as he has seven power, your second Obnixilis comes in with seven loyalty abilities. You immediately negative seven him. You draw seven cards and lose seven life. Yeah, I'm down for that. Or you can that. do it through Graven Predator Captain. Like, you just do that. Like, just. Graven could be yep. huge. You, sac like, you attack with Graven, it's already huge. You. Like, now you gotta be a little bit careful with Graven that you don't, like, die, but. Like, Graven could be huge already. 
You attack with Grevin, it's got menace, it pounds your opponent, and they are going to be whimpering in the corner. And then you turn around, and then you, like, can Obnixilis, ultimate, draw a million cards, you're set for life. Top of it, just going to say this, folks, Obnixilis' casualty token is a token, including all the great ways we have to abuse tokens. So we have token planeswalkers running around. We've seen it in standard with Eskis Champion, or sorry, Eskis Chariot, but <laughs> you can do it other ways. So Parallel Lives comes into play. Um, uh, Anointed Procession comes into play. Parallel Lives comes into play. Like all these token things matter now. Uh, you could play Second Harvest, which is going to like just going to double yep. the like you make a like it's. So what they've done is they created a situation where you now have not just one powerful card on the battlefield, multiple powerful cards on the battlefield, all doing their thing while you try to catch up, and all they've invested is three mana. And the I'm gonna say at time of recording of this of this podcast, by the way, Omnixilis is worth the most amount out of any card in the set. And that's just yeah. base, that's base one. Like, if you're talking Showcase Edge Foil, you're talking $200 yeah. right now, yeah. USD. Card's very broken. And I'm like, who, I don't know what, they, like, they were worried, like, with Oko, like, they banned Oko everywhere because it was just too inexpensive to have it come into play and impact the board too significantly. And now they give us Omnixilis where you're going to have a card that's going to do this repeatedly. Like, you're going to have multiples of this card to contend with. And if you're Three mana planeswalkers are breaking yeah, and I the think game. This is going to be another such another such instance. Um, I would. So yeah, yep. I, I, there's more to say on Omnixus apart from like this thing is. Nope. So no, no, I would no, no, also argue that Jetmere is going to be a mistake. Um, it may not be yet, but I think it's going to be a mistake because, um, I don't know if you've noticed, but they've moved away from Crater Hoof Behemoth. So, uh. Yeah, because <laughs> you wonder why ends games spectacularly. Um, so and since then we've had Decimator of the Provinces, we've had um, Endraise for Endraise Forerunners, Endraiser, which both gave your creatures plus two plus two and Trample, I think, which is a much more modest bump than Crater Hoof's buff. Well, Jetmere is, I would say, fits into the same vein. As those other cards, and might be better is, is definitely better than uh, Decimator Provinces and and Race Forerunners, because in a tokens build where you're going to have a giant poop ton of tokens, you can now time it when you want to bring Jetmere down to to max effect, just like you would with a Crater Hoof, and it is going to result in your creatures having double strike, which means. They're going to fight their way through the whole any blockers your opponents hope to put up, and they're going to it's going to stomp the table, and so it's going to amount to being hoofed all over again, just without a hoof. If you yeah, so if you have nine creatures, your 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 creatures will get plus three plus zero, vigilant trample Which means and double. They're nigh on unblockable. <laughs> like, like yeah, here's. 
My honest question though is, what does red bring to a token? Um, I don't know, but they have, but, but they had, like, they had that Devils? Naya, that Naya populate deck a little while, like a couple, a couple years ago. And so, oh yeah, this, that's this right. Is not yeah, uncharted yeah. territory. Um, I would argue like Perforos and Impact Tremors is probably the biggest things you're bringing. Um, but you know, if you didn't, yeah. A bunch yeah, of burn, if you, burn, if you want. Way, like, uh, maybe a fiery yeah. emancipation, if you're getting, get, want some giggles. Because um, fiery emancipation sounds fun, right? Ah, so, right, that's always but, I mean, like, So I honestly think Jetmere is going to be a mistake if it isn't already. Because it's just going to be that commander that's a crater hoof in the command zone now. And it's like... And yep, I agree. So now you can, you can play it at your leisure... Like, oh, my board stays good. Boom. Down comes the creator hoof. We don't have to go tutor it up or search it up out of our decks like we used to. Like, I'm just sitting there. It's just ready to go. We're like, when do you need it? I need it now. Boom. Game. And you're like, oh, well, that was swell. So I don't like it. I think the card, like, I mean, I think the card is interesting and could be built in such a way that it's not going to be abused. But I am almost 100% certain that the, the commander community is going to abuse the bejeebus out of it. So, But he, we, we also got to think, though, when, when they're designing these cards, they're not designing them for uh, EDH in mind, except for, obviously, the commander sets, or if they're printed in commander decks specifically. Specifically, So they probably didn't even think of commander when they, print, oh, when they designed absolutely. this card. And that, but, like... But... That's no, not the and, point and, of this podcast, right? We're, we're an EDH podcast, podcast. And, that's what we're talking about. Um, as much as they didn't design for it, somebody, like, they have enough players at Wizards of the Coast who play Commander. They might said, huh, I wonder what this is going to do to Commander. Well, shrug your shoulders yeah. and just let it happen, I guess. Like, that's the answer. But anyway, I, I think the card is is, is going to be yep. a pretty egregious uh, abuser of the whole the whole process. So, yeah, like, I mean, there's a whole bunch of these cards that I think are really, like, we, ro- we roam from back and forth between cards that are mistakes and cards that are, like, just not, just not good enough to play. It's not good. And you're left with a handful of things that might be good enough, but, you know, like, you're not sure. So, anyway. That's so why I'm pretty down on the set. I'm not sure I'm going to buy a whole lot more. I'll buy singles of the things that I really, really want. Just like a good boy told us, like a good boy should, but I'm not sure I'm really going to go out of my way to crack a bunch of packs of this stuff. That's where I've come down on it. Don't know. What... I'm just looking at Jemir right now, and I'm just like, I think this is your new cat, cat tribal commander. Um, well, I mean, I'm thinking. Not to restart well, the conversation see, on it, but I don't agree. Like I think Jetmere is more of a uh, just a raw tokens build. Yeah, for sure. But I'm just thinking that people are probably going to play the cat, the cat deck because it'll give them like, access like to the red. The cat deck doesn't need it. Like as it's... someone who need, who plays that, cat no, deck, I know that cat deck just smashes face without it. That's a that's a like, question I, for another time. Robo, like I mean, I guess it depends on which commander you're playing. But that that cat deck, if you're playing with a Robo or Miri or even Nizan, is not a go wise strategy. It's a Voltron strategy. 
um, you're looking to suit up something or make something huge, and Arabo lets you make something huge with the eminence ability on it. And so Jetmir is does goes a whole opposite direction. Like you're wanting to make a min, a million tokens and overrun the table, and like that's a very different build than like than what Arabo or Miri or Nazan are up are up to. So anyway, that's. But don't you want to play Slash Panther? In Slash your Panther, deck? that's the Phyrexian one, right? That's no, that's a that's a bad card. Yeah, that's, that's why I said that. Slash Panther. Let's read Slash Panther. It's four. It's four in Phyrexian for yeah, uh, hasty. I, I mean, I guess uh, turn it into a seven-two with trample, vigilance, and double strike seems like a thing, but I'm not not sure. I really want to. I don't know, man. I'm just looking. I just looked up the the red cats, and they're all actually no, they're not. not. That so, card, I don't know. So. I don't. I don't think anyway. So anyway, there's definitely a few mistakes in the set too that I'm like, look at this. This is gonna be a problem, uh, long term. So anyway, oh uh, anyway, I mean the set is like. I mean, I love the art deco. The art is spectacular. The 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 etched yep. or gilded foils are beautiful. The extended art lands are fantastic. Um. You know, I like I like I am struck by Titan of Industry. Titan of Industry's alternate art or showcase art is beautiful. It's stunning, and but I mean the rest of the set is like meh, eh. We haven't even talked about Urabrask. Like so, it's just anyway. We're not going to talk about Urabrask. No, because we've been live for over an hour already. Yeah, we we still have one whole segment. So let's move on. About. I think we've said our piece. Next week we'll hear Lux defend and rebut uh, and what and tell us what makes him so excited for New Capenna because I'm pretty sure he's pretty stoked still, and I'm not going to talk him off that ledge. So anyway, uh, let's look at the deck tonight that, that Lux provided for us. So Lux has been, like I said, really excited about this set, and at his pre-release he opened up. Some real good Obscura goodies. So um, he was telling me that he opened up a Rafine Scheming Seer. And so here it is as the commander in his deck. And the best part about Rafine is Rafine is now a very affordable $3 if you get the regular non-foil. Which I think strikes me as being a little absurd for a commander that is potentially so powerful. Like this card is, this thing is good. I agree. Obviously, like, don't tell me that you don't want to play high power magic with and like, and you can't afford it because at three dollars, you can definitely do cool stuff with this card. Um, now, the I just noticed it is a sphinx. Sphinx. So if you want to play Sphinx Tribal, you could do that. I, I don't know why you would want yeah. to, but you could. Um, you, you well, look, some people want to play, you different. could also play it as a commander in a demon deck. Same. Yeah, I definitely don't think I'd no? be doing that though. Oh. I definitely think I'd be playing just straight mono black not, demons over over right, three color so demons. The rest of the deck, I mean, folks, let's just sum it up here. Lux has leaned as heavily as he can into the mm-hmm. connive mechanic and the surveil mechanic, and he's got a whole bunch of both sitting yep. in this deck. Um, well, you, you did say at the beginning that he's big into Guild of Ravnica so, in this set, well, right? So if you if you guys look at the deck, you could definitely see that he's 
there pretty much all the cards in the in the One deck the is either from uh new new cabana or yeah. or guilds of ravnica and i i i like excuse me i like where he went with the deck absolutely i like the idea of it definitely going to be drawing mm-hmm. some cards a bunch of craft cards. yourself a real pretty hand yeah and that's uh definitely a nice thing one thing that me and, and, and Bruce did notice, though, however, is what's your payoff to this, right? And, and we're we're coming into this, like, without Lux really talking to us about it. So hopefully next week, like, you guys could go over that again, Bruce, and just be like, give yeah. a quick segment on it. Even yeah. re-look at the same deck, whatever. And just be like, what's his views on the deck compared to what me and you think of it? Um. So yeah, like like I just said, Sure, Rafine's gonna draw you lots, and you're probably gonna pitch a lot of cards to the graveyard. But what what's what's the whole point of doing that? Evidently, like you've got a bunch of creatures in this deck that are gonna are are, are really nice to have and gonna profit from you conniving or you surveilling. But why not add some stuff like uh, we have some some ideas of like things to add to the deck just to give you a little bit more of a of a win con at the end or you know just different different synergies that he could be taking out of this and we we wanted to keep in mind obviously that the uh the the price point of the deck because right now it's only at a 50 dollar deck so we didn't want to like throw in a 50 dollar card and be like hey let's no, pump no, it up no, to 100 dollars um fun. yeah there's definitely some interesting things that you go lean into so one of the things, audience, that I, we, you know, we were discussing here, if you're playing that much Surveil and that much Connive, you're going to dump a pile of things in your graveyard. Like, you're going to burn through your deck at warp speed. Like, this, like, and so yep. that leads you to the, to the inevitable decision, like, how are you going to win a game in this deck? And you can't rely, in Commander, on Rafine making any one threat or even a series of threats Big enough in order to be able to capitalize to punch out punch out an opponent, let alone three. So you need another way to get there. So when you know, I was thinking about it, like you know, things like Wielder, Jace Wielder Mysteries, and Laboratory Maniac might be really sweet ways to have you sneak that win out of nowhere as you burn turbo burn through your deck and you know just do a whole lot of really gross things. On the way to your win, um, I would put Thras's Oracle in here too, but I hate it, so I'm not gonna. So, <laughs> no, so we're, we're just not. not we're not even gonna name deck, it. But Lab Maniac and Jace Wilder Mysteries go in this deck because I can imagine games where if it, if it stalls out a little bit and you're, you know, you know, all you can do is burn through your deck. You still got to find a way to win the game. So. Yeah, those two cards are going to get it done. <laughs> um, I also um, was thinking Wiretapping, which is the hideaway card from uh, Streets of New Capenna, which has got so four and a blue for a, a enchantment with hideaway five. So when this enchantment enters the battlefield, look at the top five cards in your library, exile one face down, and put the rest in the bottom in a random order. So whenever you draw your first card during each of your draw steps, draw a card. So you're now it's like per, you're a personal howling mind. Um, then if you have nine or more cards in hand, you may play the exile card without paying its mana costs. And so 
I really do feel like this is pretty potent and hitting nine cards doesn't seem as being that hard. Um, so it's a trigger wiretapping, but I think you would rather keep it just on the battlefield as a way to draw extra cards. So I think the card is actually really good and it's going to help power up your Rafine and finding you the gas you need to keep going. Like Sanguine Spy. Like Sanguine Spy. Mm -hmm. Which is another, another, another idea we thought of throwing in. Uh, since you're going to be pitching so much stuff to your, to your graveyard, you're probably going to end up with uh, five or more mana values I would, in I would your hope. graveyard at one time, right? Like, just looking at the deck, like, he's got stuff like Connive and Concoct, uh, Cut Your Losses, you know, bunch of two mana, three mana, there's even a couple four mana creatures. And then, like, you've got Evolving Wilds, and you've got some deserts that you could cycle, so you could, those will probably be in your graveyard. Uh, even even through yeah. in stuff like Irrigated Farmland and, like, Obscure Storefront. So it'll definitely be getting lands in there. So something like a Sanguine Spy, just to draw you more cards for two life at the end of yeah. turn, seems Good. fine. And then the other piece that we, we, we sort of were debating is that as you're dumping all this stuff in your graveyard, what are you doing with it? You're not just dumping it there for giggles. You want to extract some sort of value out of it. So, you know, some sort of small reanimator package goes in this deck. So when you dump something really, really yep. impactful in your graveyard, you can go and get it back. Um, so, you know, the thought of playing something like, where did I put the card? Uh, Rogue's Gallery. There it is. Rogue's Gallery. Rogue's Gallery is a super interesting card. So two and a block for a sorcery. For each color, return up to one target creature card um, of the color of that color from your graveyard to your hand. So this is going to result in you being able to get a, like three cards back from your graveyard, put them back in your hand, to, and to recast them, which you know could be really, really, really impactful if you put three good bombs in your deck or in your graveyard that you need to get them back. So, uh... yeah, something. To be honest, something like Rogue, Rogue's Gallery, if you're holding onto it in your hand, and you have like one or two options, and somebody decides to kill your yep. your commander, I just let it go to the graveyard. Fully. Let it go to your graveyard, bring it back to your hand, that, may, that yep. way you don't no, have to play sure. Commander Attacks. You also earn the right color awesome. to play Unburial Rights if you want to, or all the other five mana, put them right on the battlefield sort of things. Um... Where's... Where's Karmic Guide? That's another card Absolutely. that he could Karmic easily Guide, put in his deck that we talked that would about be earlier. Great, great option. There's lots of good options, and Karmic Guide's reasonably cheap. So, yeah, so you can get a lot cents. of really good value for this sort of deck. Now, we still wanted to keep um, the the intention behind the deck the same. We wouldn't go and strip it bare of all the of all the bits and pieces. And you know, Lux has got a fifty dollar deck here, and even with those additions, it'd be you know probably sixty-five or seventy dollars, but you're well below the 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 hundred dollars sort of threshold that we have for our deck. And I think you know normally, and this is so this would be very very financially viable, going really quite good, I think. So um, I'm I'm really impressed with the deck at fifty uh, yeah. bucks, and that looks like it's got a such a coherent plan. And like we say on the show each and every week, folks, this sort of deck gets you into the, you know, sitting down at a plate at a, at a, at a table with some friends and enjoying the experience. Um, your deck's definitely going to have a coherent plan. Are you going to win? Maybe not the first week, but you can upgrade your deck over time. And using this, this shell as a template, um, it's still set up for 
that that period of time or for another another time. So. So yep. anyway. Yeah, that's a cool deck. And if you want to see the list, uh, it's going to be in the show notes. You can go check out um, Lux's Rafine list and see what he's done for the very modest price of 50 bucks. All right. That's going to bring us to the end of this week's show. Um, so before we get out of here, uh, whoa, whoa. If people want to reach out to you and get a hold of you on the internet, uh, maybe because they disagree with your take on New Capenna or, um, or they want to be more informational <laughs> with the Lotus Council, how would they get to reach out to you? Uh, so if you're not in the discord, uh, I suggest you join the discord. Like we mentioned earlier, uh, I'm sure there's going to be Indeed. a link in the description Indeed. somewhere, probably more than likely. And, uh, if not, you can reach out to us on Twitter, uh, at the Lotus council, or you can reach out to myself personally at Seb Blackwell on Twitter. Uh, I usually check it fairly often when I'm in the Yukon <laughs> for work. It's a little bit different, a little bit harder, but you know. <laughs> I can only do so much when you're in the middle of nowhere with no internet access. Uh, but yeah, we're all there. We're always around. Even if you guys need to contact Bruce and he'll Indeed. find a way to reach Indeed. out to us. Um, if you like what you hear from the show and you want to listen to more of us, um, you're always welcome to reach out and ask us questions. Uh, we love to get emails. So you can email us at, e- email us at the Epic Experiment Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at Epic EXP Cast, or you can even find us on Instagram these days using the same hash or, or name of Epic EXP Cast. It's not a hashtag, I suppose, with the same name. Um, or you can find all of our decks that we have brewed up on Moxfield. Uh, Moxfield.com. Use the username the Epic Experiment Podcast to search, and you can find every deck that we've we've ever uh, brewed up for the show. Uh, many of them are our own personal decks that we have uh, played and used. So, um, by all means, have uh, start a conversation with us. Um, also, regardless of what platform you're listening to us on, whether you are on Amazon, you're on Apple Apple Podcasts, you're on Spotify, or you're on something else, um, please be sure to la- leave a, f- a like, a follow, a subscribe, whatever. Every little bit helps get the word out there that we are here each and every week talking about Commander. Um, so next week we're going to have Lux back on. He's going to be able to refute and defend his position that, uh, new Capenna is a engaging and enthralling, uh, set. Um, but that's for next week. So until then, this is the Epic Experiment Podcast signing off, wishing you all the best wherever you next play magic. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care. Have a great week. We'll talk to you. See you later.